We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Roadwire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper here with Mario Puig taking a look at today's slate. 11 games on May 1st. It's 2017. So, you know, hopefully you're enjoying this year, even though it's been, I don't know, it's been a little better than last year in, in some weird ways. Uh, let's start breaking it down, though. Let's look at the mound. It's going to be Clayton Kershaw leading the way price wise, 12,600 on FanDuel, the only five figure pitcher. Going this evening, you look at the stats, of course, it, it makes sense. Kershaw's first in pretty much everything we care about. I think one, one wrinkle is that Lance McCullers has a higher ground ball rate since the start of last season. A few other pitchers have Kershaw beat there, but in terms of K rate, walk rate, swinging strike rate, ERA, FIP, all that stuff, Kershaw is pretty much dominating in every way we would expect him to. He does have a calf injury, but... It doesn't seem serious enough to really like, fade him completely. It sounds like I hit your leg on the table in your living room kind of thing. Right, right. It sounds very minor. Like, got up, was mad, tripped over a dog toy, you know, that kind of thing. So, should be Stepped fine. on a Lego. He's, it hurts, but he's, he's ready to go. Ready to come in and, and strike out nine guys and go, like, seven scoreless or something tonight. I mean, that's basically what I'm expecting. Uh but you look past Clayton Kershaw, and McCullers is interesting. 9000 is the price on FanDuel. Luis Severino is probably going to be very chalky. Uh, we talked about him during the XM show today, and we had a poll question running, and he was easily the next option people preferred if you were taking Kershaw out of the equation, which kind of leads me to wonder, should I be fading Severino, at least in GPPs? Well, I, I just, I would probably temper your share percentage more than fade him because it's such a good matchup objectively for him he's 
he's a borderline, you know, elite prospect anyway, given the peripherals of his of his whatever stuff. Uh, like he's throwing like ninety seven fastball. Uh, the strikeouts have always been there pretty well, but this year he's 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 done a good job of avoiding the home runs too. So uh, he's he had his uh, rough stretch in the majors before, but he was very young at the time. So. It, it makes sense that he's turning into this, you know, more complete player, and he's he's doing it with this team around him that's very hot with the bat. So he should have run support, um, and he's going against a team, meanwhile, that is just miserable. Apparently, you know, uh, J- Justin Smoke is the new uh, slugger for for the Blue Jays. So it's like, yeah, that very plausibly the you know the highest scoring pitcher on the slate uh, of Kershaw has a slightly off day so i think it makes sense to have some shares of severino and the other thing is like with a poll like that i wonder are people answering how they themselves would pick or are they trying to speculate on how others will pick and like how how, how directly in other words does that reveal like their own uh their own intentions as much as their their expectations of others um but yeah I, i'm gonna have i think like when we were talking on the radio i, I talked myself into i think having three lineups it's gonna be kershaw mccullers severino or three pitchers rather i don't know how many lineups but it'll be some variation of those three and maybe instead of like putting severino at like 50 percent because you're you you know you think people don't notice how good of a matchup it is it's like now we know people people realize maybe lower it to like 30 or something 25 so yeah when you when you think about teams that are struggling the jays are tied for the second worst woba against righties in the league they're they're bad they're and terrible it, it's a, also a case where with the Yankees, you look at the bullpen. When Severino oh, yeah. goes six, goes seven, it's leaves over. the game, game's over. Yeah. And for the most, like mathematically, it's pretty much over. So that bodes well, too. He doesn't have to worry as much about the quality of the relievers working after him either. So I, I think that's part of the appeal uh, with Severino right now. I think the Jays are going to eventually be better, but that's going to be when Troy Tulowitzki and Josh Donaldson are healthy and when jose bautista is healthy and producing that's not happening which might not happen ever maybe maybe it won't (laughs) happen at all maybe he's just broken for good uh what do you do with jason vargas i mean he's 8700 on FanDuel. is cheaper even on DraftKings. he's like 7400 on DraftKings. is he at least in two pitcher scenarios someone you're thinking about because i i can't quite figure him out i know paul spore wrote a good piece at fangraphs broke him down a little bit in detail and Part of it's like where he's locating his pitches in the zone, which does change a lot about uh, how hitters can attack a pitcher. I mean, the White Sox have been really bad offensively. They were a team that right. got to Vargas in one of his recent starts. But well, his body of work over the last two years, when he's been on the mound, continues to be pretty impressive. Yeah, and even his his bad game against uh, the White Sox, which was on the road and which was following three just sterling efforts against uh you know one bad team but a couple decent ones the uh, giants and, and astros so it, with with uh, the 12 innings last year of the elevated strike rate it's you know we're 38 innings into this new look vargas i don't know what to make of it i, I haven't watched him i don't i don't have any theories as to what's changed but uh the spore thing do you do you know did, did he mean like the 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 command is improving or like he's just altering the his whole approach as a pitcher and where he's targeting his throws it's it's that he's choosing to locate in a different part of the zone okay so yeah well that's more reassuring it's not like improved command that's hard to know if it's sustainable it's the scouting report or the front office or some somebody said hey 
pitch hitters down and in more than down and away. And by doing that, he's been a lot more effective. Yeah, and, and even that bad game against the White Sox, it was three earned, uh, let seven guys on base in five innings, still had one strikeout per inning. So this is, yeah, this is kind of talking me into liking Vargas a little bit today. Um, he, he's also going into a pretty good win probability scenario uh, against a bad team with a bad pitcher. So I, I, I probably won't go at him on FanDuel where you only have one pitcher, but DraftKings, yeah, that's that's uh, that's kind of something I'll have to think hard about because I, I'm starting to believe in Vargas a little bit. Yeah, Dylan Covey has the ball for the White Sox. Right, so that's think, also a big issue. Taking a few Royals today is going to make some sense. We'll talk about them when we get to our hitters. Uh, Rick Porcello you know, is home today uh, against uh, Baltimore, I believe. Dylan Bundy has the ball for Baltimore. I don't know what's going on with Porcello. His K rate's up, but the home run rate is also up. It's through the roof to begin this season. I don't really see... They both go down soon. I, I, yeah, I think maybe both things normalize, but I, I think when I look at Porcello, it's a lot like Kyle Hendricks for me, where I, I don't feel like there's a ton of K upside in any given day, and even though he's got good skills and in, like in season long, I'm okay with the idea of having Porcello, maybe buying low on him right now, I never see a high enough ceiling in any given start unless it's you know an interleague road start against the Padres or something, to where I would actually want him as my one and only pitcher on FanDuel. Right, in, in a weaker slate maybe, but uh, in this matchup, I, I don't know what Chris Davis' situation is, but um, I mean the, the Orioles are probably scarier for a righty pitcher than a lefty. Uh, even if the K rate and home run rate go down and Porcello starts to normalize, I think it's just a bad spot generally, especially when we have these other options. So I can see, you know, the tournament appeal in the sense that he's going to be lowly owned, but uh, the win probability doesn't look great to me. The, 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 just the counting stats don't look promising to me. There's enough other guys who I think have good matchups that'll be, you know, reasonably owned, reasonably low owned. So I'm not going at Purcello at all. I'm probably not going to stack against him either, but um i yeah i've just i'm staying away until any of his uh, numbers start making sense to me i mean i think i'm fine using an orioles hitter oh yeah if definitely. i like value at a certain i'm position. just not gonna stack yeah okay. stacking against them is probably going too far uh johnny cueto going up against clayton kershaw he was one of the options in the poll and there was really no significant difference last i looked between cueto and garrett cole on the road against i don't Cincinnati. get that i don't believe that I think I think Cueto is really lowly owned. I think he by default will be because Kershaw going on the other side just smashes the win potential. He's not pitching particularly well. He's he's pitching badly so far, um, and and that might be something to do with like all that time he missed in the spring while trying to get his father out of uh, wherever they were. Um, but yeah, like I think Cole could be pretty highly owned. He looked really good against the Cubs. Um, he's he's kind of a stand out on this slate for his velocity and, and he still carries that you know that that reputation as like a, a, a pseudo elite pitcher generally three thirty six hundred less than uh kershaw on a similarly high win probability scenario i think cole is definitely owned like t- at least twice as much as cueto um I, last i looked at our poll it was like 16 percent for each of them and, and severino at like 60 or something um, I would guess I would guess Cueto's very low owned and Cole I don't know maybe like fifteen something like that twenty. 
I like the idea of picking on the Reds. I think if, if anyone's going to do damage against Garrett Cole, it's going to be lefties, and, and left-handed power gets boosted up at Great American Ballpark, so it's, it's a little bit of a tough fit for him park-wise, but not enough to where I would completely steer away. I think it just requires me being in a two-pitcher scenario as opposed to a FanDuel uh, one-pitcher scenario tonight with Garrett Cole. Uh, Vince Velasquez has the ball for the Phillies. They're supposed to begin a series against the Cubs. Rain in the forecast. Over-under in that game is 10.5. Brett Anderson has the ball for the Cubs. Uh, if that game goes off, I mean, I think it's a, it's a stack target on both sides. We're mixing in Cubs and Phillies, maybe going mini stacks of both and getting some exposure to Andrew Kashner going up against the Astros or Covey going up against the Royals. Some combination of loading up on those three or four arms seems like the optimal way to go, at least in cash, but also in part for GPPs. Yeah, uh, also made some good cases for some Cardinals guys. But yeah, that's that's generally, if, the, if that Cubs-Phillies uh, game goes, uh, I, I like both bats a decent amount um obviously the cubs are way in a different uh universe as far as skill level goes but anderson i think can be roughed up i think he will be roughed up quite a bit coming up soon i don't think he lasts in that rotation much longer uh but yeah the the Philly's got guys like franco joseph rupp who could do something and joseph in particular is due he is due um so if that game goes i'm gonna have some joseph so i can watch franco hit another grand slam while joseph like walks twice and pops out um but yeah otherwise um i don't know who 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 in the who in the cubs other than like the obvious rizzo bryant i I guess zobris 3100 is pretty interesting on Fanduel because he's he's been kind of quiet this year a lot of people are going to go at altuve and kinsler i think despite the uh, run-scoring probability with Zobrist at 3,100. Yeah, and I think with Zobrist, we're seeing some signs of, of life at the plate. He had a nice series against Boston over the weekend, homered in Saturday's game. Uh, so that's an encouraging sign because he was uh, really kind of scuffling for a significant share. He's like 35 now or something. Yeah, his, his, his skill set, though, is one for me that, that would age better than most, so I'm not... I guess okay. I'm not totally panicked about Ben Zobrist anyway, but it's always nice to see a big series kind of help turn things around uh, for a player. Uh, looking more like at a position-by-position position level as we kind of fly around and try to find some value, uh, you look at the catcher spot, you know, Buster Posey, the ultimate contrarian play yet again against Clayton Kershaw, only 2,500. <laughs> wow. Posey Has does that damage ever against lefties. Uh, Has it ever worked? I <laughs> Here, I got... I know it. I, I've never Clayton tried it. Kershaw versus batters. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get that. We'll get that pulled up uh, momentarily. But catcher tonight. I mean, if if Miguel Montero were to start, um, that that's would interesting. Be, that'd be yeah. a viable play at thirty one hundred. It's it's never a certainty this early in the day. Both Astros. Yeah, Brian McCann at three thousand is definitely a catcher I like, and you know, I think Cameron Rupp. Anytime you get Cameron Rupp going out there against a lefty. I'm intrigued enough to uh, at least think about plugging him into a lineup. He's only 2300 tonight if that game goes off as planned. Yeah, that will be very tempting. Uh, I also like Salvador Perez at thir- at 3000. Um, he usually bats fifth in a scenario like this, right? Yeah, he should be hard of the order. Sh- should be guys on base giving him a chance to knock in some runs, but he's, he's definitely got homer potential in this one too. Um, what about, uh, let's see... I, th- I think I think 
Alex Avila, if he's in, might be surprisingly highly owned because of people using models and stuff and the power that he's shown the last two years going against Bauer. Um, 2,600, I think we'll see a decent amount of him. I probably won't have him. Um, but yeah, if you're uh, among the Cueto haters, uh, Yasmani Grandal at 2,600 has pretty nice splits against righties and, and Cueto's got like a five FIP right now. So that might make some sense. Uh, but yeah, where is Rupp? I'm, is he like way at the bottom here? Oh wow, twenty three hundred. That's going to be tough to resist if uh, that game goes. Yeah, especially if he's sitting like sixth or seventh in the order uh, against Anderson and the Cubs. So keep an eye on the Phillies lineup in particular. That could be the best value option uh, if you are a BVP person. I am not BVP. Yeah, you like it. Uh, Alex Vila is uh, he's, he's got a nice track record against Bauer too. I mean, a three eighty nine, five hundred, seven twenty two line, and his eighteen at bats against Trevor Bauer, forty percent owned. Probably, probably going to be high owned. No, I don't. I would not. I'm joking, but uh, not that. I don't know. It might be. Yeah. He might be over like twenty. He might approach like twenty five. I think McCann on on Kashner is a is a really nice matchup. Three thousand flat is the the price tonight for that one on FanDuel. 11 homers in Avila's last uh, 254 plate appearances. So maybe, maybe that does maybe the BVP is right. It is it, it is always right, but maybe it's particularly right this case. Sure. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe it is. Speaking of BVP, Posey uh 239 278 337 615 OPS. So he's he's rightfully buried. 2 homers in 92 uh, at bats so whatever yeah. i'm not gonna do that no i i don't because I, the bvp is always right i just i don't i don't use bats against clayton kershaw no moving over to first base matt carpenter at 3600 against zach davies might be the highest owned first base might option be. today uh, eric thames going up against waka at 4300 i didn't mention waka when we were talking oh, about right, pitching yeah. but i i do like him i mean i think he yeah. he's a good option today uh, a little more suited for a two-pitcher site as opposed to FanDuel, but fairly priced at 8000 Uh What do you make of the Braves lineup? I mean, Robert Gazelman, he's been pretty bad. For someone that season-long players were excited about and uh, were hoping he could be like another Jake DeGrom sort of success Why story. Why did that happen? Um, I mean, I understand hair, people in the industry. Uh, <laughs> well, I knew I knew the slider. There's, there were there were reasons. Well, to he like still has own. a fine enough you know prospect profile, but I I remember just being kind of confused as to why he, like yeah like Degrom seemed to be the implied like uh, realistic uh, good case scenario, but it's like this guy didn't strike out in the minors. Yeah, and, well, and he, he learned the Warden slider. Oh, and last okay. year the the K rate ticked up with that. Okay, that makes sense. But walking a lot, you're still not going to necessarily just lock that pitch down immediately and just benefit from it all the time. Like he it, has had a little bit bad luck, I guess, like 400 BABIP and 62.9 strand. But uh, he does, at least at this point in his career, look vulnerable to, uh, particularly in that Atlanta stadium, which seems to very well suit those Braves bats. Right. So Freddie Freeman at 4,600 is going to cost you quite a bit tonight against Gazelman. But if you think Top about... Top overall play at first, right? Yeah, I in think so. Yeah, if, if, if money, if salary doesn't factor in at all, I, I think so. Uh, the the reason I brought it up is, you know, it's an eight and a half over under, and that's the that's the high number outside of the game at Wrigley, which could get rained out. Maybe a brave stack against Gazelman is actually a, a sneaky way to go, as opposed to leaning on Astros, Cardinals, 
the Royals might be a popular stack tonight. Yeah, I don't. Um, it's I don't. I don't think it'll be that popular. But like Hosmer Perez, I think will be healthily owned. Mustakas, uh, maybe Kane. But uh, yeah, I guess if I haven't looked at the specific salaries, how they play out. But the cash lineup of the day, like the most trendy one, that is, might look something like Severino, Freeman, um, some cheap catcher like Rupp, if that game goes. Um, yeah, and and then a couple of the the cheaper. Uh, royals whatever uh, but yeah freeman at 4600 going against gazelman now i, I kind of want to get that in even though freeman's numbers are insane to this point in the year and they almost certainly can't keep up quite at this this shrieking pace that he's at but oh my he's he's so good right now eric hosmer 2800 against dylan covey i know uh, kaufman stadium suppresses home runs by about 20 percent, but it increases runs uh, second best run environment of the 11 home parks we have to choose from tonight yeah, the the RBI probability seems pretty high with Hosmer, um, and he's he's also due to have some have a pretty hot stretch here. He was very cold to start and and last year actually. The other kind of contrarian GPP DVR is an idiot play. Greg Bird is twenty eight hundred. He's home. Marco Estrada. The weird thing though is that he's not bad against lefties, so it's coming. I don't know if tonight's the night. I think you want to make sure you're not giving up completely on Greg Bird. I mean, unless the Yankees send him back to AAA for a little while, which, given his April, can't be ruled out. Uh, I think you do want to keep Bird in consideration for GPPs most nights. This might not be the night, though. Again, mentioning uh, Marco Estrada's numbers against lefties, they are surprisingly good. When he gets dinged up, it tends to be uh, by righties. Moving over to second base, uh, we talked about Ben Zobrist earlier. 3100 is the price against Vince Velasquez. Uh, Ian Kinsler going up against Trevor Bauer for 3400 There is not much here. Is right there. I mean, that's fine. Uh, so it's pretty much those two. Uh, El Tuve is, is like, kind of like the Freeman right. uh, at second base, but cheaper. He's 4000 I think Scope makes sense because he's good against righties, and Porcello has been roughed up a good amount. And if, if people are targeting his ERA, uh, they often overlook scope because of the righty righty thing. Um, he might be a way to, to tr- invest a little in the Orioles bats in a way that other people might not think to. But yeah, it's like Altuve, Kinsler, Zobrist, otherwise, and um, I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to bother with like Colton Wong or anything like that. But you mentioned on the radio, if if uh, anyone feels like trying to bet against the the chalky Severino aspect. At 2100, Devin Travis is a, at least a little interesting for a tournament consideration. Yeah, his April was horrible. He's hitting 130, 193, 195, so a sub 400 OPS through the first month. But at 2100, uh, I think you got to consider that Luis Severino has a pretty ugly reverse split. When he gives up long balls, they tend to come against righties and Yankee Stadium. Uh, while it boosts up left-handed power a ton, it also boosts up right-handed power pretty significantly as well. So contrarian, perhaps, given the interest in Severino, but just a good way to open up some salary if you don't like the alternatives at second base. And the thing about Travis is, like, we can be pr- all but certain that he is a good hitter. It's just something's off right now, has been off with him. And uh, part of part of getting the baseball DFS right is is just betting on the progression to the mean just as much as the regression so 2100 yeah i I might put a tournament lineup in myself because it's like at that price 
assuming he's not, I don't know, you guys might be batting ninth or eighth or whatever, but otherwise his bat his going back to his prospect days is so convincingly good. It's like when he gets vaguely right mechanically, timing wise, whatever, health wise, he's going to start hitting and it's going to get hot eventually. Moving over to third base, and I, I agree with that that belief that you can kind of buy in at the lowest point, and sometimes it takes a week or two. I've already of, missed of a couple times right. doing that with yeah. Travis, but the yeah. payoff does happen eventually. <laughs> yeah. And if you can be on it before everybody else, then that can be uh, pretty lucrative for GPPs. But at third base, Jed Jerko, three thousand flat, playing a lot of third base with Johnny Peralta on the shelf. Better numbers against righties than pretty much anybody would expect. Uh, you go back to the start of last season. Jerko's got an 881 OPS against righties during that span. A 560 slugging percentage really driving that number. And a matchup against Zach Davies. I mean, I thought Davies would be one of the better starters in the Brewers rotation this year. And maybe he will be when it's all said and done. But he really hasn't pitched well through the first month of the season. I have no reservations at all about trying to pick on him with some Cardinals bats. Right, and even I think you can have a, an optimistic view of, of Davies and still consider him a target today, just kind of because of going into that Cardinals stadium. And when when they're on, the Cardinals can hit most pitchers. Um, and and it's as you know, many things as there might be to like about Davies, it's like he always, in the good case scenario, profiled as an average type of starter. Uh, mid late rotation type so uh, i think yeah jericho being as good as he is carpenter being as good as he is several other bats uh yeah the cardinals have a way of having colton wong go off when you think it's going to be gritchick or piscotti or something but all those guys are pretty much in play i think whoever's in um as far as i don't know if i have the guts to go with jericho and cash um i might prefer somebody like Machado at thirty three hundred. Mustak is at thirty five hundred. You're paying a little bit much for, for like you know relative to the upside that there is, but the floor should be very good um, with him. Thirty five hundred. He probably bats second or third today, right? Um, so yeah, he he'll be in a run uh, uh, RBI position, and he's he's just been really powerful this year and last generally. Um, trying to think otherwise. Uh, oh right, on the air we mentioned if. Bregman, Alex Bregman, he's hasn't gotten really going, but his, his prospect profile says that's going to happen and probably pretty soon. Uh, GPP, if you're going with a, with an Astros stack or just looking for a third baseman, I think he makes sense at 2,900, although I'll probably stay away in, in a cash setting. What about Guriel? I mean, last 15 games, he's hitting 418, so he's 23 for his last 55. Only two homers mixed in there, but this is a guy that doesn't strike out a lot. Could kind of just benefit from the Astros lineup around him being in such a good spot tonight against Andrew Kashner. Yeah, the, the this is one of those guys that I'm terrible at at thinking about because I just I, I don't like his pr- profile at all. I, I think he doesn't look useful in fantasy, but in DFS, uh, you know, a guy just because a guy has over a season basically zero power, zero stolen base potential doesn't mean for one day that he can't, you know, score two runs and hit a homer. So, uh Guriel definitely makes sense playing uh, as long as he's playing as hot as he is right now. I'll probably stay away, um, but I, I, yeah, he's, I have to admit he's doing much better than I would have expected him to. I like Longo against Wee and Chan at three thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's something I would consider. Um, and looking a little higher up on the price list, if the Phillies Cubs game isn't rained out, Michael Franco uh, going up against Brett Anderson. 3400 wind could be blowing out i mean that's uh gonna be heavily owned i think but 
for good reason uh, if that game goes off as scheduled. Uh, at shortstop, Corey Seager, only 3,000 home be the against truck. Johnny Cueto. Is it, though? Like, I, I think so. I wonder if people, even though they don't necessarily gravitate towards Cueto as a pitcher they use, if they try to steer away from him with the hitters they build around. Yeah, I really don't know. And, and I should just be transparent that I, I'm often very wrong about uh, my ownership guesses. But, man, Seager at, at home against righties is so uniquely dangerous. And at 3,000, you're in. he's going to be at a spot to uh, – you can get – a good probability of a high share of whatever run production the Dodgers do put in today. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have a good amount of him. I don't know. Maybe uh, if people are, are feeling the Cardinals, a Ledmus at 2,900 could be more. I don't know. I, I, I would, I, I would guess people won't be on Correa as much as they would have been in a month from now, just because of his slow start. But at 3,500, I like him a lot too. Um, so yeah, that's for me, I guess it's uh well, Lindor is always in if you can afford him because he's just amazing right now. But I guess I'm realistically looking more so at the Correa, Seager, Aledmez types. Yeah, Correa and Diaz are my two uh, favorite plays. And I think my third favorite play might be Tim Beckham also going up against Wei Yan What is his deal? I don't know anything. He has like 15 homers in the last week. And I, I remember every other time I've ever looked at him, it was like, this is the worst bat. He can't hit. He could hit lefties. That's what he's been able to do prior to this season. But you know, his last 15 games, much like Ulyeski Gurriel, uh, 18 for 55, four homers, 19 strikeouts during that span. So still striking out like a third of the time. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's it's not necessarily going to last, but there is some power there. He, he runs pretty well. Uh, the, the lineup position is pretty favorable. And I feel like you're you're best suited to still take those chances with Beckham against lefties, especially a lefty in Wei-Yin Chen who can be susceptible to the long ball. Yeah, this I don't I must have just misread his numbers before stopped looking at him after that 222 season um a few years ago, but yeah, for his career in uh 532 plate appearances, he has 18 homers. So, yeah, I guess this guy could have like 25 homer potential if he pushes for like 600 yeah with more play appearances this year i mean it's entirely possible uh for tim beckham 199 iso for his career uh, I did, okay it's not bad for a shortstop no that's awesome for a shortstop so yeah I, I have to do a bunch of thinking about tim beckham now hey i'm glad i could help oh yeah thank you <laughs> moving uh over to the outfield cody bellinger if you want to take two swipes at johnny cueto he's only 2200 check and see where he's at uh, in the lineup I'm probably not going to go quite that low. I, I see the case for Seager, but I think I like Correa, uh, Correa and Diaz both a bit better. Uh, Ricky Weeks, another one of the Rays lefties going into that Chen matchup, often sit, hit, sits pretty high in the order uh, when he gets those opportunities. He's kind of a, a punt play that opens up some extra cash, probably someone you'd think about more if you have a Kershaw lineup going as opposed to your other pitchers on the board for this evening. Uh, Jay Bruce going up against Julio Tehran. In Atlanta's new ballpark, thirty five hundred is the price. Maybe he's a little bit low owned for the power potential he brings to the table. Jay Bruce had a fantastic April, and yeah. I just I brought this up I think on either the season long pod or on the XM show recently. What if Jay Bruce is just Kevin Long's latest project? You know, Jay Bruce was a great prospect back in the day with the Reds. He's Sorry, always he's- had plenty of power, but what if Kevin Long worked his magic on Bruce just the way he did on Daniel Murphy? a couple years ago uh you'll have to f- forgive me i only started following baseball when i got the show last year uh who is kevin long 
He's the hitting coach for the Mets. He, oh. He fixed Daniel Murphy. He made Daniel Murphy a power hitter. At least he's given okay. a lot of credit for it. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Bruce, I remember, I can't remember the specific reasons I concluded this, but like looking at a lot of splits, including like pitch splits uh, from Tehran and Bruce, I thought Bruce matched up really well, and I would guess BVP is favorable to him. I'm not going to look it up because I, I don't care. It's, it's a good matchup objectively, and in that stadium, 3,500, I would consider him pretty good chalk probability if only because the other high-priced outfielders are not obviously intriguing i mean you got uh roughed up brawn going on the road judge uh up to four thousand now <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> and uh brantley at four thousand going going against the lefty uh bets at 4200 i guess and ben attendee um yeah I, I i can see bruce being very highly owned but i think you're gonna want some shares of him probably conforto too um Tehran is just kind of not very good against lefties and in that stadium uh each of those guys could have good games even if the other mets batters don't do a single thing um what do you think about stanton at 3900 going against odorizzi off the dl I like that. Um, I think Stanton will be a little bit lower owned than usual tonight, so that could make some sense. Uh, one other name that I'm thinking about is Brandon Geyer going up against Daniel Norris. It's a matchup in Detroit. Right-handed power, fairly neutral in that ballpark, and as we know, Geyer can really smash left-handed pitching, so I think that could be another way to open up some payroll. I like him more. I like him a lot more than Weeks, certainly. Yeah, if I'm choosing between Geyer and Weeks, I'm also I'm going Geyer, but I think you could definitely stand to put one of those guys in there just to balance things out with Kershaw. Do you think people will be chasing Kemp's three homers at 3,900? Maybe. Uh, I think he's got pretty good numbers against Gazelman for whatever it's worth. Um, Seth Smith at 2,900, still kind of interesting, although Fenway uh, makes it really difficult for hitters to uh, you know, hit home runs on the left side. So that's a, a bit of a deterrent, but I think that's an option as well. Uh, Schwarber uh, at thirty three hundred. Yeah, if the game goes. If if Matt Adams were to get into the lineup, he's only two thousand. Oh, yeah, that's and he's right. In the outfield. He's a, he's a price glitch. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> Matt Adams at two thousand. Uh, I think is that a great will play. be the universal optimizer pick across the whole industry if he's in the lineup. The, the Kershaw Adams combo will be the seventy five percent universal ownership. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm joking. It's it, it, but yeah, there will be a high correlation between Kershaw and Adams. Definitely, uh, Aaron Alther, 2900, also in play for me hmm. with the matchup against Brett Anderson. But again, keep an eye on the weather if you're thinking about using Phillies or Cubs tonight. So uh, it, I don't know if that's like legitimately endangered. So we record this so early in the day that speculating a lot on the weather seems a bit frivolous. But check in. Uh, nonetheless later in the day because there's no guarantee that that game actually happens baseball fans the wait is over baseball is back which means FanDuel is back and it's better than ever it's fantasy baseball for everyday fans new contests every day no busted seasons just pick a contest choose your team and compete against other fans new for this year are late swap contests you can edit your players right up until the start time of their individual game no more worrying about a late lineup scratch or a sudden storm. There are still non-late swap contests available as well. Updated scoring includes quality starts, which were added so your starting pitchers now have more control over their own performance. There's also friends mode where you can create a league for your friends. Choose the day as you play each week. Contests are created for you automatically, plus a leaderboard that will keep track of how you all stack up against each other. I'm still going more 50-50s than in the past 
Got to get back uh, to that balance this week, so hopefully the bankroll can start to build up a bit more as we move into May. Have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Special offer for new users deposit today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RW. That's going to wrap things up for the Monday episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast. Joe and Todd are back with you for Tuesday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.